lock him in to the lion's den. It is quite literally a den. Where we are today is very different to where we normally are. It is. I'm, uh, I'm Tom Hackett. That's Spencer the Gov. Warn that you just heard, and we have a big episode coming up for you guys. There's a lot been going on in uh, the land of RSL. No Maddie Gashk today, no Taron Meyer. Look, I spoke to him via the phone this morning. I said, uh, hi, guys. How are you? And Matt said, Tom, you know how I am. <laughs> they, seriously, they were the words that came out of his mouth. I said, hey, uh, just so you know, we are recording our uh, podcast the Lions Den, Matt, that you haven't been to in quite some time. But uh, do your town want to go? And he goes, uh, you know what? We're pretty busy. We might be able to make it work. I said, you know what? On second thought, the conversation today is going to be surrounded by, of course, the news that broke uh, Sunday evening. Mike Petke being released from his contract effective immediately. In other words, he's been fired. Um, and you guys can't make any statement on that as you work for the club. So let's just put you guys back into uh, into working and uh, not have to worry about talking about something you can't talk about. So anyway, anyway. So yeah, yeah. I mean, he's just going to be sat there twiddling his thumbs for, for most of the podcast. So, right. Yeah. But there is a bit of news, Spenner. I mean, there's a lot of news coming out of RSL land. Don't look at me cross-eyed. All right, you're scaring me. That was me. just my normal look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So uh, we're obviously going to d- discuss and, and dive into um, the Mike Petke situation. Mm-hmm. Um We'll we'll talk about some names that hopefully Deloitte Hansen considers um, as the season goes on. Um, now, whether or not they they do they conduct interviews during the season or, or whether they wait until postseason, we'll wait and see. But but they they they're probably going to branch out and at least see who's out there um, to get interviewed, and we'll talk about that as uh, we dive into this conversation. Then the second half of the podcast will uh, be entirely about the week ahead as as. Despite all the news that's been going on with, with Mike Petke, the former head coach, the now former head coach, RSL do also have like some really big games this week at home. In fact, they've got the number two team in the West coming in to town, the Seattle Sounders on Wednesday night, and then mm-hmm. they have the number one team in the West and the number one team in Major League Soccer coming into town on Saturday. So... They've got uh, two days, in, uh, two games, pardon, in four days that they're going to prepare for uh, shortly after the news broke Sunday evening, and that's where we'll start. But uh, first of all, where were you when you heard the news? Um, I, <laughs> this is legit. I just got up off the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I just Second saw. <laughs> you said this is legit. I knew that's false. No, serious, serious. I I uh, just literally flushed the toilet, right? And I had my phone in my hand, obviously, because I read uh, on the toilet yeah. until my legs go numb. And then uh, I got up because uh, you have kids, right? Well, yeah, that's the only privacy I get in the house. Uh, but anyway, I, I I saw the email come through, and I'm washing my hands, and I was like, oh, it's RSL. They don't usually do the train. Do they do the training email this early? You know, do they? Do, I thought they did it Monday morning. In, anyway, um, I opened up and I was like, ah, oh, bugger. And uh, you know, read the statement from from the club, and there wasn't a ton in the statement, right. but you know, obviously, uh, you see Twitter blow up. You get a few text messages from from people, and um, yeah, you you kind of. Don't want to say too much, but you're ready to uh, to get on the podcast and and spill your guts, so to speak. So, 
we don't need to go into detail because we've already done that um, within with the incident itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you miss that conversation, to hear it in in more depth, go back uh, two weeks and and you can hear us go on mm-hmm. our little tirade regarding it. But to fill in those people that have been living under a rock for some three weeks now, essentially what happened was. Mike Petke used homophobic slurs to referee by the name of John Pitty, who was in charge of the league's the midweek clash between RSL and, and Tigres UANL during a League's Cup match. And Mike was unhappy because there weren't extra minutes added on to extra time. And there was a cat involved, and essentially the cat fired Mike Petke, which is very strange to think about. But... He was under investigation. The MLS conducted their own investigation. Real Salt Lake conducted their own investigation, and they ultimately decided that he will have a three-week or a three-match, I think it was, suspension, and he wasn't he wasn't able to get paid by the club. He wasn't able to do anything regarding Real Salt Lake. So that included his podcast here at KSL. Same with his his coaches show that he does with Brian Dunseth. He's not allowed to. He's not even allowed to walk into the facilities of the ZRBA uh, facility, the Zions Bank Real Academy facility, which is where he spends his many hours throughout a day, or at least he did when he was a head coach. So he was banned. He was on the couch uh, doing his own thing for two weeks. Now, literally hours before he could go back to the facility, Sunday night, that email came across where they had decided to terminate Mike Pecky's contract. And since then, obviously, there's been reaction from the fan base. There's been reaction from the club mm-hmm. itself. And that's kind of where we start our conversation today. Um, I guess, were you surprised, Spinner, by the news? Um, yes and no. Um, you know, the rumors I heard that, that that he was going to to still be coach and, and move forward with him. And uh, I mean, t- to an extent, I've made peace with that. That was that was the club's uh, prerogative. They, um, you know, as Deloitte Hansen said on the news with, with DJ, uh, I think it was yesterday, um, that you know that they did their due diligence. They listened to the fans, uh, but it was their decision. And I thought that was the way it was going to go, uh, particularly with the with the team performing very well. And that's not all, Freddie. Even though Freddie's doing a great job, and I'm sure we'll get to talk to about him later on. Uh, but that was partly down to to Mike as well and the and the upturn in form. Um, but at the same time, um, I wasn't a hundred percent comfortable if that was going to be the the decision if he, he if they're going to move forward with him. Um, yeah, I mean it's it, it's a tough one because um, he's effectively lost his job over a nothing game, right. Um, no, maybe nothing is is the wrong word, but a a an early round game of a competition that may or may not be around next year. Who knows? Um, it's a brand new competition. It's not the initial rant, even though the word is used in that initial rant uh, at the referee. It's also his actions afterwards, going away and having another altercation in the tunnel. Where well, he put he put those words on paper. Yeah. And it's unclear as to who delivered that piece of paper to the referee's locker room, whether mm-hmm. it was Mike himself or if or if somebody else did it. Which by the way, if somebody else did that, then they they are deserving to be fired as well, because that is so stupid to do that. I don't care if the if the gaffer himself told you to do it. Don't do it. 
Yeah. It's so, so silly. Yeah, I mean, th- th- there needs to be a calming down period and, and whatnot. And, and I, you know, I've seen her things uh, with Mike after games, um, still fired up and stuff like that. So um, it doesn't surprise me. I, I But at the same time, you know, as I said, I, I thought that they were going to move forward with Mike um, and things would settle down. There would be a statement. There would be a continuation. There would be an, an olive branch, um, you know, from, from the gay community uh, to Mike Pecky. Um, and, and there would be a, a healing process uh, for the fan base um, and, and the club itself, you know, outreaching the community just to to show that this this isn't what the club is about um you know and and Deloy Henson was pretty straightforward with with his interview um yesterday uh, about what is expected in Real Salt Lake and what is expected in Major League Soccer um and the reasoning behind uh, Mike Petke, uh being released from his contract so i i no not surprised Yes, I am surprised. It's just a little bit of a, a muddle, to be honest with you. Uh, and I'm not sure, you know, I'm quite sure how to feel because I feel sorry for the man. I feel sorry for Mike Pecky. I feel sorry for his family um, with regards to losing your job over a game that um, essentially didn't matter as much as Major League Soccer at this moment in time. But also at the same time, um, I don't think that I don't think he is a homophobe. Uh, I think he just used a poor choice of words, and and it's got this far now, where um, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about more about Mike Pecky and what he said than how wonderful this Real Salt Lake team is at this moment in time. Sure, I, I will. I will state. I think it's worth noting that that word that he used in particular, um, the Spanish word, does get flown around locker rooms throughout Major League Soccer yeah. a lot. It's worth noting that it, this is this is a word that... And, and the reason behind Mike using that one said word is probably because it was familiar to him, right? He's, he's, he's not the best Spanish-speaking coach, but he's around guys that speak that language, and he's probably heard on a number of occasions players use that word in a joking manner, and... He thought that maybe, I don't know, maybe he wasn't thinking. Clearly, I don't think he was, but he, he figured that if he was going to use any word, that was the word he was going to use. So I agree with you, Spenno. I think before we kind of dive into this wholeheartedly, it is worth noting that I myself as well do feel sorry for him. I hope he lands on his feet somewhere um, and he can eventually you know put food on the table for his loved ones and his family because he's now without a job and uh, and nobody likes to see that i've i've been there uh, fortunately i i didn't have children i still don't have children where what do you know of no yeah well let's not go there <laughs> uh, you know you lose a job and you think well how am i going to survive and if it's just yourself you can you can find a way but when you've got kids to uh, look after it adds a whole new element to it so we we sure hope mike Nothing but the best. He was always quite, quite frankly, as well. He was always very good to me um, and yourself, Spano. I know he was. Yeah. He was. Any time uh, I asked him a question or bumped into him in the halls, he treated me with respect and showed some class. So uh, he he had done nothing wrong to me in in particular. It was the, a bad judgment. I will say this though, um, and I'm going to read you the the statement Mike put out about uh, late Tuesday morning via Twitter. But before I get to that, um, Real Salt Lake did not fire Mike Petke. Mike Petke fired himself. 
I, th- I think is kind of where I'm at with it. Um, in my opinion, the club didn't have a, a very tricky decision to make. In 2019, you cannot act that way. And when you are in a position of power, you have got to realize that you you must act accordingly. Otherwise, your actions are going to be judged accordingly. And look, he had a microphone on him as well. So there's no hiding away from the fact that what he said is what he said. And you can lip read. It's pretty blatant, although there hasn't been anything to come out that says, no, this is exactly what he said, right? But it's pretty clear he said it Mm -hmm. on a number of occasions. So he has to be smarter moving forward. He has to realize that this is a day and age where anything you do, you know, it's, it's going to be found out and people will read about it on the, on the internet or, or watch it if it's in a video form. And I just think that's something that maybe he, he forgot about. I'm not entirely sure, but you can't be doing it. Maybe 10 years ago, you could get away with something like that. And I'm sure many, many people oh, sure. out there did. It's just 2019's a different time in this world. So um, I'm going to read you the entire Mike Petke statement. It's going to take me about a minute to a minute and a half. So bear with me. And then um, we, we can talk about exactly what was said in there. Because there's a fair bit, actually. It starts, while I may no longer be the head coach, I continue to believe in the players at Real Salt Lake and want to wish them and Coach Juarez the very best in their pursuit of a place in the postseason. This is a tremendous group of athletes, and it has been my honor and privilege to work with them. Knowing them as I do, I expect nothing but the best. On the matter involving the Panamanian official in the game against Tigres, while I'll never stop bringing passion and all my heart to what I do, it is true that I lost my temper and showed poor judgment. That's why, before my termination, I willingly served the suspension imposed on me by both the league and the team and have already apologized to that official and the league. Much has been said about said, uh, sorry, much has already been said about the Spanish word I used and the different interpretations of it. Regardless of how my actions have been misinterpreted or twisted, I have always respected the rights of all individual and all individuals and always will. I hoped to continue coaching RSL and, in fact, just after this incident, had signed an agreement with the team to do just that. It saddens me that while I held up my end of the bargain, including not speaking about this matter publicly until now, the team has chosen to go the route of terminating my contract. Team ownership and I will have the chance to discuss the club's decision in a forum in the future. To the fans of RSL and the people of Salt Lake, thank you so much for all that you have done for me, my family, and for the team. Your support and your energy make possible all the good we have accomplished, and for that, I will always be grateful. First of all, there's no apology. There is no apology to any fan that was hurt by the words used, the Spanish word he used. There are two words that you could be insulted by, one in particular. No apology to anybody. The club, the mm-hmm. fan base, nothing. So I think that's interesting. Yeah, um, apologizing is him admitting his guilt. And this this wasn't written by Mike Pecky. This was written by a lawyer, in my opinion. And I think he's playing his cards very close to his chest. I think at some point, when this is all settled down, when his payoff is um, settled and, and agreed upon, um, I think there'll be more. I think there'll be more from Mike. 
Um, but that's that's just my personal opinion. I, I think that any admission publicly um, would would uh, force his hand and, and not give him a leg to stand on when it comes to to getting paid out with his contract, which runs through twenty twenty. Um. Yeah. So there was one line in there that really threw me, um, and it was team ownership and I have the chance to d- to discuss the club's decision in a forum in the future. I had no, I had no idea what that meant when I first read it. So um, I made a phone call to some club officials and asked them if they had any idea as to what Mike was was talking about, and uh, they didn't know. They they had no idea. So um, essentially, you know, on on social media, um, you can kind of find things out through what people are talking about, and that is essentially lawyer talk for my lawyers and the club's lawyers, i.e., Deloy Hansen's lawyers, mm-hmm. are going to get together and sort out some sort of litigation or arbitration case where mm-hmm. he clearly indicates he signed some contract shortly after the incident stating that and again we we don't know what was in the 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 the, the letter that he signed but there was something on paper that was said and and he says he held up his end of the bargain, the club didn't hold up theirs, and so I'm going to be suing them, is what, it, or at least trying to sue them, it sounds. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, where it gets tricky is I made a phone call to a lawyer who I know very well, uh, not because I've needed him in the past. But oh, I was just about to say. No, 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 I haven't needed a lawyer in the past besides an immigration lawyer, which is a real pain in my you-know-what, but uh, no litigation lawyer. And anyway, long story short, he said that, the Major League Soccer will have their collective bargaining agreement, and generally speaking, whether it's an arbitration case or a litigation case, this isn't something that the league is new to, you know, because these sorts of incidents happen. People get fired mid-season despite what their contract reads, and so this is going to be this is going to have MLS Commissioner Don Garber involved, and it's probably not going to make it to the courts because the league itself and the club in particular do not want this to go public. Once you take it to the courts, Mm -hmm. it becomes public, and they're going to try and keep this private. So there's a a high chance that this arbitration or litigation case ends up getting solved uh, through the privacy of, of Major League Soccer. And maybe there will be a payout to Mike Petke, but... It, you know the chances of us hearing about it are slim. Uh, yeah, absolutely. The details and and to be honest with you, it's none of my business. Um, you know, I just want the the uh, incident put to bed. Um, I want the club to move forward in a great vein of form right now. I want Freddie Juarez, who's going to be the interim interim head coach for the rest of the season, uh, to be given the best platform to perform at uh, the best of his capabilities uh, and give himself an opportunity maybe to be the head coach moving into the 2020 season full time. Um He's got to be the he's got to be it's his job to lose is how I see it. Yeah. Um a little bit. Um I I think that uh you know that the results have been been kind. Um and I, I like even though it's it's a Mike team. Um you can already tell there's a slight difference in the way Real Salt Lake play. A little bit more possession-based, a little bit more on the ground. Um, 
which we saw under Mike Pecky, absolutely. But I, I think that uh, that Freddie uh, Juarez has got his strong and own ideas um, of, of how he wants his teams to play soccer. Um, but that being said, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, this this to be put to bed, um, Mike Pecky to move on, his family to move on, Real Salt Lake to move on. Um, obviously, Sunday evening was, was the start of that. Um, hopefully, you know, we, we get to talk, get back to talking more about soccer and, and not about Mike Pecky, the uh, the past head coach of Real Salt Lake. Uh, well, we can certainly do that, Spenner. Um We've said, I think, what we need to say about Mike and the situation at hand. It's probably also worth noting that Mike's tenure at Real Salt Lake was good. It wasn't great, um, but it wasn't bad. It was. I think you used uh, these words a few weeks ago, Spenner. You said he was serviceable, and that's a pretty accurate statement. Um, he came in a position that was incredibly difficult, and he was able to kind of uh, level that ship and keep it moving forward as opposed to uh, uh, stopping, right? Um, Jeff Kassar got fired, what was it, two weeks into? Yeah, two, or th- two three weeks the into season, the season, yeah. Um, a handful of years ago now, and Mike was tasked with um, taking over a team that he didn't have much, to, all that much to do with during the preseason, and uh, he didn't have much the, to the roster. And so he did, he did well, and they made a little play, playoff run last year where they made it to... The second round, and uh, after a draw at home against Sporting Kansas City, they lost on the road, and that was their season done. But look, they beat LAFC away from home in an elimination final, and it was mm-hmm. exciting. We were down, or we were both down actually, at a local establishment watching that game. And Beautiful beer bar. Yes, we give them a shout out. We can give them a shout out, and um, and it was it was a ton of fun. I just think he was good without being great, and so that certainly didn't help him. He was. Um, he needed to be better, and uh, the, the team is still fighting for a playoff spot in a very good Western Conference. But, mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. But anyway, so we'll move on. From, so the reason I stated earlier that Freddie Juarez is, is, his, is, is his job to lose uh, is because the owner, Deloitte Hanson, doesn't like to spend money. I think it's pretty obvious, right? Uh, the fans know it. And I think the fans are getting agitated that he doesn't spend all that money, but he spends more money kind of on the future of the club with the academy Mm -hmm. as opposed to what's going on right now. Um, Mm -hmm. There were rumors out there that if Joao Plata were to to move to Liga MX, that Deloitte would pocket that money and not spend it on another player. And if that is the is the case, then obviously fans would be disappointed with that. Now, that never eventuated, so we don't know. But Deloitte doesn't like to spend money. I think that's fair to say. He doesn't spend as much money as some fans would like, mm-hmm. which is always going to be the case. But um, There's a balance. There's there a is. balance. And, and he's invested heavily in the future of the of the club. But at the same time, you, you need a little bit. You know, there's that balance. He's He's... Maybe on the scale more towards the youth than than uh, than you know veteran players, which is fine. It's great, but these young players are learning their and earning their minutes, you know, on on the job, so to speak. Um, it's great. I mean, you see the players like Aaron Herrera that come through, Justin Glad, uh, Bofo, and Brooks, and you know all the, Corey Baird. You know, hopefully Tate Schmidt will be in there. There's there's a couple of others that uh, that obviously will be there or thereabouts. Uh, Eric Holt, you know, to 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 give those guys a shout out. Um, 
there is going to be inconsistency. And with that, that means your team's going to be inconsistent. Now, if you're happy getting over that red line come early October, uh, and that's that's where you're at, that's what you want, um, then great. That's That's the goals that you achieve. I think Real Salt Lake should be consistently a playoff team. Um, bare minimum. Um, but the league has changed since Jason Christ was in, in charge when we were fighting for titles, when we were fighting for titles uh, internationally in the Champions League. The league has changed. It's got bigger. There is more money. Um, if you don't move with it, then you get left behind. And this team, this team I think can be more more consistent. There's some really good players. We've seen under Mike Pecky that the second half of the season, in all three seasons that he's been in charge, or two and a half seasons, that this team gets hot when the summer hits. And and I expect this team to be there or thereabouts. Um, well, I don't, not there or thereabouts. I expect this team, before the season is over, not looking for favours for, for playoff soccer. They will be in the playoffs um, if they continue this trajectory um, that has been phenomenal since uh, since Gold Cup. Now, that being said, we'll probably come in after the break. I'm going to talk about the, the next two games that are absolutely monumental uh, when it comes to, to RSL season and how um, how good they can be and, and where they're going to fit into this playoff picture. We, uh, we will take our, our one and only time out right now. We'll talk about who may take over the head coaching duties if it isn't Freddie Juarez. And, of course, those two big games Spenno talks about. We'll be back after this short message. All right, welcome back in to the Lions Den. Spencer Warren to my left. I'm Tom Hackett. We've been talking about Mike Petke and the fallout that's been. Boy, it's just been uh, not even 48 hours, I guess, since the news broke that Mike will no longer be the head coach of uh, Real Salt Lake. They're moving forward without him, and uh, he best find another job. I, You know what? I think he could find a job in broadcasting, Spenno. If if he doesn't get another job uh, as a head coach anywhere, I don't think he's going to ever get a head co- another head coaching job in Major League Soccer. He's uh, burnt some bridges there. The, the league themselves have suspended him a number of times. They mustn't like him all that much. And uh, the way he acted uh, to end up losing the job at Real Salt Lake has left a, a lasting impression, I believe, that... Uh, Will probably mm-hmm. hurt him in the long run, but you know, soccer. Fortunately, it's a worldwide game, so you never know. He might be able to find a job in Asia or somewhere else um, mm-hmm. as a head coach. And if he does, then all the, all the more power to him. Hopefully, he has uh, learned his lesson from what has unfolded in Salt Lake City over the last three weeks. But only time will tell. Hey, um, we've got some some fun conversation to have over the next fifteen twenty minutes. Look. Uh, Freddie Juarez, and we'll start there, mm-hmm. he's the interim head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been in charge the last three games. He's picked up a total of seven points from a potential nine. Uh, that included a nil-nil draw at Toyota Stadium, uh, in which RSL were the better team. A 3-1 win at home against New York City Football Club, and then, of course, the more recent 2-1 victory 
against Sporting Kansas City away from home. By the way, quick uh, little note for you, that the, the two wins against NYCFC and uh, Sporting Kansas City, RSL conceded the first goal of that game, ended up winning both games. That, that They were the first times that that has happened all season long. So the only two times that they that has happened where RSL has conceded first and ended up winning the game have both been over the past two weeks when Freddie Juarez is in charge. Now, um, this isn't Freddie's first head coaching role, mm-hmm. right? He's been in these shoes before. He he took over the Monarchs as they, uh, as they uh, I guess, launched into their inaugural season back in 2015. Look, his track record's not great, and we don't need to go into it too, too much. But uh, they finished dead last in 2015. I shouldn't laugh. Sperno, stop laughing. And um, But it, it, it is their inaugural season, so maybe he was just... Um, they didn't quite know how to handle themselves, and maybe it wasn't Freddie's fault. But uh, in 2016, so the second year, they finished uh, third from the bottom. I guess they added a team uh, to the league, and so there was uh, now 13 teams instead of 12, and they finished a point, uh, or at least a place higher than they did a year ago in 11th out of 13. So uh, still not great, I will admit, but uh, look, they they were new to the league and maybe they didn't quite have the play. We, we see with FC Cincinnati this year that uh, they're having a hard time adjusting to Major League mm-hmm. Soccer. So maybe it was just uh, similar things going on uh, at the Real Monarchs when they entered the league um, four years ago now. So, um, But anyway, he doesn't have a great track record as head coach, although he has over the last three weeks done very, very nicely. So mm-hmm. if, Spenno, if they do not end up going with Freddie Juarez. Oh, wow. Who who are some names that you would like to see? Because I asked some of um, our beloved followers on, on Twitter the question, and we've got some responses, so we'll get to them in a minute. But first, Spenno, who, who yeah. would you like to see? Well, I mean, obviously, a lot of it is to do with money. I Are the, you know, Israel Salik ready to spend some money? Um, it's very fashionable to bring in Argentinian coaches, um, you look at uh, Matos Almeida over at San Jose. Uh, you look at uh, Guillermo Barrascolotto over in um, uh, LA Galaxy, who've dropped off a little bit, and then obviously Tata Martino, who you know was was uh, uh, over at Atlanta for a little while. Very good coaches. You've seen what Almeida's done with San Jose, with arguably one of the poorest squads in Major League Soccer. He has coached them up. He wait until he get, brings in a, a couple more of his guys. It took half a season, though. It took... Well, I mean, they, they got wins from the off. It, it was just a bit, a little bit up and down. Um, and I'll, I, I, I think they'll be inconsistent um, throughout the rest of the season. Uh, but, I mean, he is, you know, done a phenomenal job. You know, a championship winner down in, in Mexico. This is not... Um, a, a new thing, obviously. Uh, Barrascolotto as well has won championships. You, you know, my mind initially goes Argentinian. For some reason, they have some wonderful love affair with Major League Soccer players, playmakers, and and coaching staff at this moment in time. Uh, Marcelo Marcelo Gallardo, the um, River Plate uh, coach, current River Plate coach, uh, played for DC United, so knows the league well. Um, done a phenomenal job down there in Argentina. I mean, again, if you're going to go out there and push the boat out, would he be interested? I don't know. You know, we're talking about a small market team compared to a you know those those bigger market teams that we've just mentioned. 
but he would certainly be, uh, you know, a pipe dream, somebody I'd love to, to think about as, as RSL's head coach. You have uh, Miguel Herrera as well, the Club America coach, the crazy little guy. Former Mexican national Mex- team coach. Yes, absolutely. You know, got fired in, uh, you know, uh, as well for being uh, controversial. But what he's done at Club America, what he did with Mexico, you know, there's there's no doubt about his, his quality. Again, can you attract him? That's a huge job down there uh, in Mexico with Club America. Um, and then, you know, off the top of my head, I just think about pl- coaches that are out of work. Again, I don't want to receive pelters. This is my dream list. I want to, to you know, I, I'm, you know I'm, I was interested to see some of the comments that were coming up on your Twitter feed. Tom, obviously I was included in that, but you have Pablo Machin, who was the coach at Sevilla, um, did a really good job in his previous uh, role. Didn't work out at Sevilla, but I just love the way he works. Um, you got Gio Van Bronckhorst, former Feyenoord, uh, great former manager. You mentioned that to Mitch Rodriguez of the RSL show, and um, he gets excited. Um, you have former Watford manager, Espanol manager, Kiki uh, Sanchez Flores. Wonderful. Impeccably dressed. He'd probably be the best dressed coach that Major League Soccer has ever seen. That's the most important thing. It probably me. is. Like, I need a Pep Guardiola type fashionista yeah. in this. He, he nearly would rival. swore. I nearly swore. He, he would rival Pep because I don't think he'd wear cargo pants. Just if you can pull off a turtleneck, you are deserving of a head coaching job here in Salt Lake City. Exactly, exactly. And then the last couple, I mean, it's a couple, I mean, I've got, you know, a ton that I love. You know, All right, well, hold your horses. Do you, do you want me to carry on with my list, or is this just going to go, because it will go on for about another hour. I know, you love this stuff. <laughs> you, like, live and This is where this I geek stuff. out. I know, you love it. So I've got some names. Carry on. That some of the guys that have, have, have tweeted at us. By the way, you can you can follow both of us on on Twitter at spinner underscore seventy seven to to follow Gov Spencer Warren himself, and I'm at Tom Can't Hack It. So uh, if if you want to get involved in some of the conversation in future episodes, they're kind of the two places where you can find uh, us and uh, get in contact contact with us that way. But mm-hmm. uh, Gary Monk, love Gary Monk. You're a fan, massive fan. So Gary, uh, big Gaza. Swansea should have never have fired him all those years ago. They probably wouldn't have uh, nosedived as badly as they did. So he's managed some some pretty big name clubs: Swansea City, Leeds United. Yep, I was a big fan of Leeds back when the Duke Leeds, 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 Leeds. and uh, Harry, Harry. Kuehl were were playing there. And then, of course, uh, Middlesbrough, a very uh, proud, historic English club who once spent their time in the Premier League. But um, then Birmingham, and was and fired Birmingham from that recently, role yes. after they got got done being dodgy and got a whole bunch of points taken off of them because the club couldn't sort their finances out he he led that club to more than safety um but they were they were on the cusp of the playoffs if they hadn't have uh um received that pe- that uh, points penalty last season yeah i love gary mug uh tab ramos is a name that's come up a few times massively impressed with tab ramos and what he's done with the uh the uh, us uh under, under 20s 20, yep. yeah he, he's a he's a really good yeah, no, I won't say he's a young coach, but he's a really good coach of young players. So he's never coached at the collegiate level, it's worth noting. He was the national team coach for 12 years uh, back in... He played for the national team. Oh, he team. played for 12 yeah. years, sorry, back in 1988 to 2000. And since then, he's managed the under-20s uh, since 2011, where he's done a, a very good job. You've seen the youth 
movement throughout that mm-hmm. U.S. men's national team, specifically um, once they didn't make the World Cup a handful of years ago. And so uh, Tab Ramos is a name that has come up a, uh, on a few occasions. Miguel Herrera, you mentioned the crazy man himself. What about this one, Big Sam? No thank. That's I saw that. That was that, that's Alan Corbin. He's a good guy. He, he's a good. He's a good uh, tweeter and whatnot. But I saw David Moyes and and Sam Allardyce. What about David Moyes? Absolutely not. Well, he did a good job at Everton. Yeah, you watched the brand of football. Horrendous. I wouldn't pay money to come into a stadium to watch that crap. He bombed it at United. But... Rightly so. And West Ham. He's used and Real Sociedad. Useless. No. All right. All right. All right. What about this? Santiago Solari. Have you mentioned him already? No, I haven't. But Former Real Madrid manager. Yeah. It didn't last very long. Didn't, but, but he did very well with the younger teams again. Um, a, a good coach. Fluent English. I mean, just... Oh, if you'd be interested. I mean, Real Salt Lake and Real Madrid are slightly affiliated in some way, right? Yeah, it's, it's like a prawn cracker, that kind of uh, <laughs> connection right there. Uh, Santiago Solari, I mean... If he's interested. Okay, all right, right, right. I'd absolutely... Uh, what about the chosen one? <laughs> Which one? Jose Mourinho. Uh, no, no, thanks. You mentioned the other day when I brought his name up, you said uh, Sky Sports pay him more than Real Salt Lake could afford to pay him. I Probably, think. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you not want Jose Mourinho? Absolutely. I'd have I'd him all it. day long. Yeah. All day long, but... Yeah, probably not going to be. Arsene not- Wenger, you think he's done? If it, again, if he if comes, he wanted if he wanted it, and he wanted some fresh mountain air, and he wanted to live up in Park City and and live above the uh, Arsene Wenger would be immense to he, me. If he lived above the uh, whatever it's called, the inversion, I'm sure he'd love it. But well, you're saying you know, he's old; he's having a hard time breathing now. Is that what you're saying? Well, that's a bit gross, you know. You know, he's probably in the south of France right now, just kicking it. Yeah, on the beach. Yeah, and he doesn't need the money, does he? But no, he might he miss it. But he would he miss does. it enough to come to Major League He's Soccer? He's got a TV gig as well, so, you know. Uh. Uh, fun story about Arsene Wenger. My father sat next to him at a soccer game once, at a World Cup game. Right next to him. Like, literally the seat next to Arsene Wenger. Don't ask me how. It was uh, when That's I... because you're old man. It's because I lived in uh, Tokyo, and, of course, the uh, Tokyo-Korea World Cup back in the day. Well, he uh, coached in Japan. Arsene Wenger did. Yeah, that's where he went. Yeah, he coached in Japan. Was it after his Arsenal days or before? No, before. Oh, okay. Well, that's why he was there. But he was probably also there to see the the France national team go back. Oh, there. absolutely. All right. Yeah. What about this? Speaking of France, Thierry oh, Henry. Oh, oh, oh. No thanks. Why? No thanks. It's a big name. It is. Do you see what he did at Monaco? Yeah, he sucked. Yeah, exactly. I don't just don't think he's a very good coach. But they didn't give him the time of day either. He yeah, because they were. <laughs> gonna drop out of league uh, and start playing with freaking league, farmers, uh. league uh, playing with farmers. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, no. Not not impressed at all. No. Talks a good game though. You listen to him on TV. Wonderful uh, pundit, but right, right, coach. Right. No, no, no. Mark Hughes. No. Again, <laughs> same as freaking David Moyes and Big Sam. Lump the ball forward. Absolutely boring. No, no, no. All right. Have you mentioned Stefano Pioli? Uh, he was on my list. Okay. Love him. You're a big fan of him. Big fan. Fifty-three year old Italian. There's there's plenty right, and we could go on. Uh, th- this could be the, like the longest segment ever. It's a fun segment though. What about Laurent Blanc? Recently well, of uh, PSG. Yeah, it's been about three years since he's coached again. There's probably a reason why. Uh, the other one that I was going to say is what about Ranieri? 
No, the, the Tinker Man. Yes, he he's always he's, he's at death's door. He's, he's, the one that I would like is Rudy Garcia, uh, former Roma coach, former uh, just left Marseille, um, attacking coach. I just love attacking football. I I do as well, and I'd like somebody to come in and be able to execute a, a fun, exciting brand of football that will get um, fans back into the seats of Rio Tinto Stadium because. Quite frankly, it is uh, it is not the same atmosphere that it once was, um, and so it'll really be fun to get the fans back involved. and And that's why I think like a big name, like we need somebody that's known internationally. Like yes, Thierry Omri. Okay, he might he might not have had success coaching, but he's only coached at Monaco, and they didn't give him a long enough time to really uh, give him the time of day. Like he is the type of guy that could make a phone call. To anybody in the soccer world and make something happen. Really. He could. Voom. He was that good too, wasn't he? Wow. Oh, he's brilliant. Fun to watch. He's brilliant. Uh, all right. Uh, we, we ought to change gears because, as you said, Spenner, we could be talking about this forever. Thank you to everybody that commented on uh, on the Twitter. Um, there I you think go. we've Another... been gone for about 15 minutes, and I apologize that we've gone on that long for about coaches. Well, it's a fun conversation to have. But I'm fully behind. I'll be honest with you, I'm fully behind Freddie Juarez for the rest of 2019. No, I, I mean, no, no disrespect whatsoever. No, I am too. For the rest of 2019, I am as well. And if we go on to make this remarkable playoff run, then he's the man for the job. But uh, his recent track record of head coaching isn't good. We talked about that earlier. Hey, um, before we move on completely from the Petkey situation, I think it's worth noting, just out of respect, to uh, give a few of the players their time of day... Um, They've they've all made not all of them, but some of them have made some comments mm-hmm. uh, over the social media waves. And uh, Nick Romando was one of them, and and he basically states that uh, he has nothing but appreciation for Mike Petke. He Never thought he doesn't think currently that he's a homophobe, and that mm-hmm. uh, he hopes he lands on his feet. Um, I know Carl Beckman made a statement yesterday as well, saying that he doesn't think he's, uh, Mike Petke's a homophobe, and that he hopes him. Uh, wishes him nothing but the best. And then I know uh, on Tuesday at uh, practice, a large number of individuals were asked about the situation and, and they basically all rendered the same the same thoughts. Um, they like Mike Petke. They, they will miss him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they obviously understand the situation. They think it's very unfortunate and um, and they will they will move forward uh, as as a play as players and as a team without him. Was there, is there anybody else that's pressing? That I've missed. Uh, Carl Beckham and Nick Romano, uh, two Tony, big ones. Tony Beltran, I think he made a statement as well. Um, you know, I, I, don't think I expect that again. I don't. You got people have got their opinions. I don't think Mike Pecky's a bad man. I don't think he's a homophobe. I've said that already. Um, you think you it's know, a mistake? It's a mistake, and, and he's paid the ultimate price for it. And uh, let him get on with it. I mean, again, whatever you think, you can keep on harping. I've seen stuff that has been released since he's been fired. You know, mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, if it makes you feel good, crack on. I think it's a bit childish, to be honest with you. Well, I just think you have to realize that he made one mistake. Uh, you can argue he's made a couple of mistakes, I guess, but one really big mistake that cost him his job. You've got to remember that he's got a family and that people, you know, he needs to support for his family and put food on the table for his family. And they're, they're as, as a family, are probably going through a very hard time right now. And, um, as is the nature of the beast when you're a head coach or anybody that's a, you're a public figure. Mike Pecky was a public figure. Um, 
there are going to be a lot of opinions out there about the man moving forward, and um, that's a shame. But you know what? He he um, he wanted the job. He got the job, yeah, and he yeah, made a mistake. Comes with the so pressure. Comes with the yeah, comes, comes with, with the, the territory, job. and and you know, uh, in a statement, I think he's for me, he's held his hands up enough um, to know that he's made a mistake, but not come out and completely said it because, as we said earlier. It's going to be handled by by uh, lawyers, and and that'll be the uh, what will you know? We'll, I guess it will just fizzle out eventually. But yeah, to end the Petke conversation completely, it is worth noting that the passion he brought to the sidelines, the passion he brought to the club, was fun. It was entertaining. I think the fans themselves appreciated him for it. Um, it's just unfortunate that that said passion was also his undoing. He um, he took he took it over the line and uh, he crossed that line and and like Spenno just mentioned he's paying the ultimate price so uh, we appreciate that passion Mike if uh, if you end up working in a future job I hope you bring the same passion to you just think twice about uh, when you get a bit angry which is um, which is what he did so uh, anyway moving on uh, what else is there there are there are a couple of big other news uh, bits to get to there's two big games this week but first off Kellen Rose mm. yeah Kellen Rose. Um, delighted uh, that he's here. Um, adds adds a little bit. I won't say he's a, a Swiss Army knife, um, but he adds a little bit like that. What Corey Baird did last uh, last season for for Real Salt Lake um, at home, either flank can play centrally. Uh, even at times um, in in New England, they actually played uh, fullback, played left back. I don't think uh, that's that's where we'll end up because uh, Aaron Herrera is so. Um, uh, versatile, uh, switching uh, left and right back, um, but you know I, he definitely will add a little bit more uh, quality um, to uh, those those flank areas off the bench. Uh, maybe getting a start here and there. He's here until the end of the season. I'll be interested to see what his plans are afterwards. But um, you know, I'm really glad that uh, RSL did some business. You know, I was told that there there wasn't uh, money to to make this happen. Um, and and right on deadline day, you know, we we, we get a, a quality player that didn't really worked out in New England, but didn't really work out in uh, in Kansas. And um, you know, again, it, it makes me uh, happy that you know you can smile and and have a player uh, like Joao Plata, like Kellen Rowe, um, Corey Baird, Brooks Lennon, you know, Nada you know, all these players that that are going to see times on the bench. You know, other players as well, Demir Krylak. Um, you know, there's there's going to be you know if we're all fit and not suspended, then this is this is a solid uh, eighteen man squad that that uh, Freddie Juarez is going to be able to put out for the rest of the season. Uh, we're talking about an individual that is twenty seven years old and already has two hundred and twenty MLS appearances under his name, so um, he's played a lot of top flight. American soccer, uh, that includes the majority of them uh, occurring at New England where he has 206 appearances alone. So yeah, just yep. the 14 at Sporting Kansas City. He's also got four U.S. men's national team mm-hmm. appearances um, since he debuted in 2017 for uh, for the national team. So yep. um, he's going to bring something, uh, whether it's experience uh, or, or actual playing time and and the ability to to try and change the course of a game, we'll wait and see. But um, he he does bring a very versatile aspect around. So like I, I like the um, I like the move, and they were able to get it done right at the end. Um, 
the two games coming up. What a massive four days it's about to go, uh, happen. Huge. It's just Jake. So, okay, Spenno, do you have the standings in front of you? Uh, I do, yes. They're very close. Yeah, I mean, if if the results go RSL's way, um, as in Wednesday night, it's Tuesday afternoon. So, Wednesday night. Against Seattle. If you're listening tomorrow, this morning, this afternoon, <laughs> um, you you leapfrog Seattle. Who, Unreal. Who I mean, in second? Who, who, who would have thought that two months ago? Who would have thought that when you just lost to Montreal and got absolutely pumped by New York Red Bulls? That we'd be two points off of second place uh, on uh, August 13th, 2019. In the harder conference. The Western Conference is oh, the yeah. harder conference oh, absolutely. by mine. Absolutely. Um, these games are huge, though. And, and we'll, we'll talk about both. I mean, one of them is just unreal, would, would rival... You know, some premiership teams, to be honest with you. But, um, you think LAFC, LAFC are that good? Uh, they've got some really good pieces, and they've got a really solid coach. They spent money on a coach in Bob Bradley. Big time coach. Is that a hint? You're throwing out hints now. Hey, man, I'll do what I can. <laughs> I'm here for RSL, if you believe. Um, Pardon the part. But uh, Seattle, uh, you know, a really good team that... Okay, maybe on their heels just a little bit, but they've got some deadly quality. They really do. Uh, Rudy has Lodero. Um, Lodero is nice. Yeah, I mean, this this is an unreal team. And, and Garth Lagway, former RSL uh, GM, has put it, put together. He's got a bit, you know, a bit of a bigger budget to work with up in Seattle. Probably why uh, it was easier to leave. But I mean, the team that he's been able to put together. Um, uh, up in Seattle is is a reason why they they're fighting for championships. But even they, even they are sixteen points behind um, LAFC. I mean, it's just unreal what LAFC is doing right now. But the the you know one game at a time, one point six three points per game for for Seattle, which is you know solid when you look at RSL one point five four points per game. Same amount of games. They have scored 38 goals. RSL scored 35. They've conceded 34. RSL 32. We were positive. Positive plus three right now in the uh, the goal difference, which is, you know, that's that's been unheard of. But well, so the last six, seven games, we've only conceded like... I think it's five in the last nine. Yeah, not many. The defense Unreal. has been... And you know what's crazy about that is for the majority of those games, there's been some... Movement across that back four. Nick Romando's been the goalkeeper throughout the entire thing, but Big Ned had some mm-hmm. injury concerns then, had to travel to England for visa issues. He's now back, but hasn't been... He, he saw his first action in a while, just mm-hmm. against Sporting Kansas City. Uh, Donny Toya, Aaron Herrera are constantly, you know... Brooks Lennon has had to come in from time to time as right. well. Right, and yeah, so, so I think it, that, that's been very, very impressive from the back four of Real Salt Yeah. Back five, yeah, no, they, they've been they've been really good, and I don't think it's said enough that, uh, that you know what they've achieved uh, and how they've turned that around because that was one of my bug bugbears, you know, um, about Real Salt Lake, is that um, we've got Tyrone Marshall, a Who renowned a renowned centre back in in Major League Soccer, one of the best ever centre backs you'll ever see in Major League Soccer, and Mike Pecky, who was the head coach, who was also a defender. 
and we gave up some sloppy goals. But it's it's maybe it's taken two and a half, three years for it to finally be coached and, and they're doing what they, they're supposed to do because I've not seen Real Salt Lake defend as a unit as well as we have uh, seen uh, over the last three years. I feel like it, when we're in this position throughout the last three years when Mike Pecky's been at the helm, the goal difference has not been pretty. We're talking mm-hmm. like negative 10, negative 5. We haven't been... In the, I don't remember a time we were in, that we were in the positive at this time of the year, so I would agree. It just so happens that uh, the second they start figuring out defensively, thanks probably in part to um, Mike Petke, he's no longer with the team. So that's uh, ironic. But, uh, hey, you mentioned quickly Seattle's being on their heels a little bit. It's due to the last two games, two home games, mm-hmm. a 3-2 loss to Sporting Kansas City, yep. which uh, is incredibly disappointing because Sporting Kansas City aren't half the team they normally are, and a 3-3 draw to the New England Revolution, who, by the way... Spent money on a coach. Bruce Arena. Yeah. And it was almost effect. like immediate impact, right? Tangible. They, it was. It was just. It was out of this world. Yeah. The impact Bruce Arena has had to the Reds. They were horrendous throughout the first half of the season, and they are Unlucky climbing. Brad. They are climbing that uh, Eastern Conference standings as we speak. As I'm pulling up. Uh, exactly where they sit. In fact, I have it right in front of me, so I don't know why I'm Googling. They are in sixth uh, six spot. They're yeah. in a playoffs position right now in the in the East, and they were down with FC Cincinnati for a large portion of the season. So, yep. Uh, maybe not so much surprising that they, they drew, did Seattle with New England 3-3, but still it's at home. You'd expect to win. Um, massive, massive games. Yeah, huge. So, uh, with that being said, of course, cue the music. You doing double predictions? We have to. Let's do it. Unless you want to come in later in the week. And no, good, good no, grief. Got bigger things to fry, don't you? <laughs> right, moving on. Uh, sorry about that. It's a little insight to our conversation that Should we have on the mic off and talk <laughs> about this first. <laughs> uh, Spenner, I'll give you the honours, my friend. Um... Seattle, LAFC, what are you thinking? Yeah, uh, I would snap your hand off for uh, four points over those two games. Okay. Uh, 2-0 victory uh, against Seattle. And we'll go 2-2 against LAFC. That would be monumental. That yes. would honestly be monumental I for Real Salt Lake. I think that, uh, that RSL's got some really good momentum, hence why uh, I don't think they've got quite enough yet to beat LAFC. I think they're, they're just... An unreal, phenomenal team. I've said it multiple times. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree that they're a phenomenal team. RLAFC. I do think RSL is going to pick up six points over the course of the next four days, which I don't know how they're going to do it. And it's kind of the fanboy coming out of me, to be honest with you. But the, the form that they're in at the minute uh, is very, very enjoyable to watch. I hope the stadium is electric on both occasions, and uh, that they can get up for both encounters. I'm going to go away. Uh, I'm going to go a 2-1 win against Seattle. I'm going to go 3-2 against LAFC. I was going to say, you know, I'm thinking LAFC, if, you know, if they're going to win, it's going to be tight. So maybe 1-0, no. LAFC are going to score, right? Because they're too good not to score. And so it's going to be one of those games where 3-2, I think, is going to be the deciding factor. And Sam Johnson. By the way, we haven't even spoken about that. How good was it to see Sammy J get 26 minutes over Sporting Kansas City? Oh. 
yeah no so so good to have him off the bench and yeah I'm, I'm just excited I hope he's eased back um, again gets a few more minutes against Seattle maybe gets the start against LAFC but uh, yeah this is it was it's good you know you just feel like he's finally getting healthier again side note gonna be about with, uh, without uh, captain I believe uh, Kyle Beckerman on uh, tomorrow night Wednesday night is that yellow I think it's yellow card accumulation Gosh. yeah well the good news is we get uh, Everton Louise yes we do get Everton Louise back so that's the good news uh, Spenner anything final to add it's been a longer podcast than normal so we appreciate you guys if you're hanging long. in there sorry yeah sorry this is uh, but there's a lot to get to there is because it's double game week as right. well right and, and it's not going to be an every week thing that you're talking about your head coach not being your head coach anymore right so it'll go back to the 30-35 minutes and we uh, you know the lion's den coming in your ears but nothing, okay. nothing else to, okay, to so <laughs> nothing else to add. Just stop, just stop. Okay, good. Uh, from myself, Tom Mack, and Spence the Gov Warn. Uh, this has been a podcast powered by KSSports.com and RSL.com. By the way, uh, please check out RSL.com. In your spare time, they have a bunch of podcasts out there and uh, are a big, big reason we're able to do this. KSL Sports TV app to watch all the games. If you can't quite find a television, we'll be back next week at some point. So long, goodbye.